Defense issues have been largely out of the mainstream discussions during this year's presidential election cycle. With the exception of a few overseas concerns, military issues have largely been absent from the presidential lexicon. However, the main candidates do have defense-related platform planks. Federal News Network's Scott Massioni joins me to unnail a few of them. And Scott, let's talk about the military budget between the Trump plank and the Biden plank. What do you see there? I think one of the interesting things about this is these issues are a little more driven by the world events and not necessarily by the candidates themselves. It's a little bit of the dog wagging the or the tail wagging the dog a little bit. So, you know, I, I don't think the Defense Department is going to see much of a change than it's already expecting from from the budget. And that is honestly going to be pretty much flat budgets for the next couple of years. And what's really informing that is the stimulus budget from the coronavirus uh, stimulus. And, you know, that was trillions of dollars. And the lawmakers at this point are really saying we need to tighten our belts because we're spending a lot of money. And as you know, the deficit just hit one of the highest uh, uh, marks right now, $3.1 trillion. So, uh, you know, the Defense Department may see a few cuts, but I don't see the big cuts coming for them exactly. You know, they like to get four to 5% increase per year over what they had before to deal with inflation and then also just to deal with growth and modernization. I think what we're probably going to see is something like a $750 billion budget, uh, you know, coming out next year. That's something that the lawmakers have sort of signaled, uh, you know, not a huge growth over the 741 in this past year. Uh, and, you know, it's, uh, you know, something I, I think the presidents will probably just sort of sign into law. It's not going to be a big issue, really. All right. And uh, what other military issues besides the budget are you seeing in these platforms they're not talking about? Right. So there's there's not a lot that they really have, you know, on things like their websites. One thing that the Biden administration's really been pushing are, are things that the military's partly been working on, uh, but, you know, not as in a nascent way. One of those things is trying to research and develop solutions to increase the time between permanent changes of station. The Army recently just announced they're doing something like that in this past Association of the United States Army event last week. Another thing that uh, they want to work that the Biden administration wants to work on is military spouse unemployment. He wants to propose a uh, $500 million military spouse entrepreneurship program that will give micro grants, mentorships, and technical assistance to spouses growing small businesses. Uh, you know, other things that are just uh, making more inroads between military and industry for spousal hiring, uh, guaranteeing safe housing, but a huge issue. Uh, and then, you know, the Bill of Rights, the Tenant Bill of Rights, things like that. The Trump administration is staying on what they've done in the past couple of years. One of the big things for them is that they've given a raise to troops every year during the Trump administration, either, you know, 2.5 to 3.1%. Uh, you know, also under the administration, we've seen the creation of the Space Force and the elevation of U.S. Cyber Command into a full combatant command. Uh, and then, you know, he's also been playing up his work uh, with China and North Korea, Iran, Russia, uh, you know, obviously having to go to the negotiating table and uh, work through a lot of issues with them. We're speaking with Federal News Network's Scott Massioni. Well, you mentioned on the Biden campaign and to some extent the Trump administration, pay raises, help for spouses. What about the strategic view of how the United States has to carry itself in the world and what the defense needs are vis-a-vis -vis China, not so much as a trading partner, but as a rising military rival? Right. And, and that's another one of those situations where I think it's one of those things that the global situation informs more of what's going to be happening. You know, obviously, China and Russia are going to be an issue, just like in the past, the USSR was going to be an issue and you had no ifs, ands or buts about it. So it's just the way that they deal with it. And I, I think 
you know, one of the big things that's going to be different between these two camp between these two presidential candidates, you know, you're not going to have the one in the morning tweets that may provoke a, uh, you know, a, a military adversary when it got to the Trump administration compared to the Biden administration, you'll probably see something more along the lines of the Obama administration, where things will be much more, um, you know, traditional in the sense of how they'll put out policy and, and uh, maybe following through on it. Another thing that, uh, you know, I would expect is that uh, the transgender issue uh, with transgender military service members, uh, th that will probably be reversed under the, the restrictions will probably be reversed under the Biden administration, and the restrictions will probably stay under the Trump administration. Got it. Are they talking about defense troop end strength? Are any of those items in the platform or how big the Navy should be and that kind of thing? No, they, they haven't really talked much about that. Uh, you know, Donald Trump has talked many times about building up the uh, the army and making in strength higher. Obviously, that comes with a higher cost and he'll have to uh, make sure that lawmakers are on board with that. The Defense Department currently is now talking about a 500 plus ship uh, uh, Navy uh, far into the future. And, uh, you know, that's something that uh, Representative Adam Smith has been considering. And he's the chairman of the House Armed Services Committee, also a Democrat. So, uh, you know, these are things that they're really going to have to negotiate with Congress as well as with uh, in their administration. And that 535 or 555 ship proposal in contrast to the 355 ship Navy they've been talking about for the past number of years going back into the Obama administration. It's not ship for ship. They're talking, I guess, smaller, cheaper ships in greater quantities than what had been planned earlier to that 355 level. So that's a huge policy and acquisition strategy change and not just a number of ship change. Right. And, and you know, one of the things that they're really taking into account is that drones, underwater drones, are going to be a big part of the Navy in the future. And that will be part of the 500 or 355 uh, you know, Navy fleet. So it sounds like the Navy and the rest of the military establishment will kind of float along as it has been, regardless of who becomes president. Exactly. And, and you know, I would almost say that the Defense Department sort of has its own way of being going native is a bad way to say it. But, you know, they just kind of have their own way of moving along and kind of keeping the wheels turning. And I think that we can really expect that, especially right now. And it, considering that the candidates are so different in, in this election cycle compared to in the past, I think a lot of people may have said a Tweedledee or Tweedledum sort of situation. You know, this is one of those things is where the Defense Department's probably just going to kind of be itself and maybe have to deal with a small percentage cut every, every you know, so often. But it's pretty much going to be the same. I think people are saying Tweedledum and Tweedledum. And Scott, just an extra question while we have you on an unrelated topic, and that is the Army is bringing in squadrons of people to help with the physical health of soldiers, trainers and physical therapists and so forth. What's going on there? That's right. And about more than 110 brigades are going to be fitted with these personal trainers, with coaches, with people who really are going to help people with their uh, muscular and skeletal issues. And what they're finding out, especially in the Army, there's thousands of people, actually tens of thousands of people who are not able to deploy because they have injuries or because of you know, some sort of medical issue and other issues like that. Uh, what they're hoping to do is to prevent those issues by teaching people how to train more effectively. And then also they're trying to make performance better. If you think about, uh, you know, Tom Brady and the Patriots, they, you know, work with trainers every day to try and make themselves better and, and to work harder. Well, you know, why not do the same thing for your soldiers and make sure that they also 
get the best possible training they possibly can to be strong and fit. I guess it's a little surprising that those people don't exist already. The training physically is basically done in boot camp by drill sergeants, but after that, you're on your own. Right. Well, I mean, the interesting thing about boot camp is, you know, you're working hard every day and that's really to build teamwork, but it doesn't necessarily build muscle. In fact, if you're already pretty built, you'll probably lose muscle because you're working so hard every day, not giving your body any rest, you know? So this is, these are the people that are going to teach you how to train effectively and also not to hurt yourself while you do it. The army has recently changed the way that it does physical fitness tests as well. So that it's a little easier on the body so that, um, you know, people aren't getting hurt when they're not in conflict situations. Federal News Network's Scott Marcioni, thanks so much. Thank you. Check out his story at federalnewsnetwork.com. Pop quiz. What can you buy for $3.99? Not a latte, but for less than the cost of a cup of coffee, you can get all your favorite music ad-free. While other streaming services jack up their prices, Live One's membership is only $3.99 per month, and you can lock in that price for a full year. Join now to get the best deal in music with zero ads, unlimited skips, and maximum audio quality. Get the music you love at a price that fits into your budget with Live One Plus. Check out liveone.com slash best music for details. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.